every business has to adapt to changing times and we are not immune in our vacation rental industry. So in this episode today, we're going to talk about change and adaptation in the vacation rental market and why we have to do this in order to remain competitive. If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello and welcome once again to another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And it's hot, humid, sunny, fantastic here in Ontario. Cannot believe that a few months ago we were shoveling snow off the deck and I was bemoaning the fact that it was so cold and I had to spend 15, 20 minutes actually getting dressed dressed up to go outside. Now I'm stopping in with the air conditioning on because it's, uh, you know, the heat wave is, is reaching pretty intense proportions today. But no doubt I will be able to get out and uh, throw myself in the water later on and, and cool down. It's just, I'm not complaining. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. Talking about complaining, I... We, we had two, I mean, we're going to be talking about, um, you know, how, how to meet the changing needs of our, of our guests in today's episode. And, and it was just a couple of things that happened this week. We had two calls from guests, one after the other. One to say they just arrived at the property and they had not realized it didn't have air conditioning. And this is, this is something that, uh, that we, we, we're having to face, that People thinking or guests thinking that there is something and just expecting it to be there and then very be, becoming very surprised when it's not is becoming more and more common. Uh, we found this with Wi-Fi. Many guests expect that Wi-Fi is standard in every property. And now we're finding that they think that air conditioning is standard in every property. Even though you know, on our website and listings, we have uh, an, a Wi-Fi icon and an air conditioning icon. And if they're not there on the listing, I'd expect people to sort of assume that they're not available. But uh, we're, we're moving to a point where we have to say specifically Wi-Fi or air conditioning are not available at this location. So I had that question about there not being wife, uh, air conditioning. And then the next call was somebody saying that the air conditioning in the property they were in was too cold. And they, uh, they, they wanted to turn it off, but if they turned it off, they were going to be too hot. And what should they do? Because it was a fairly limited unit, which was off and on. And I, I'm not sure about temperature con controls, but um, it seemingly didn't work very well. So it's an interesting world we live in. And this is very much the topic of of this uh, this episode because we have to adapt as vacation rental owners. We have to we have to learn to adapt to the changing expectations of such a rapidly moving market. And when I say rapidly move, moving market, just um, segue one moment to Pokemon Go. I don't know how I could have segued into that, but. Uh, 
but there we are. I'm into Pokemon Go now. Just reading an article in Fortune magazine that's entitled U.S. Cities are Betting on a Pokemon Go Tourism Boom. And tourist boards in some cities are really cashing in on this and creating um, marketing programs centered directly around the mobile app. They're seeing the opportunities that Pokemon Go is presenting to, uh, to, to entire cities, businesses, tourism establishments across the U.S. They are adapting and they're, they're adapting very, very quickly to meet the changing needs and expectations of their tourism demographic. So let's look at how this impacts us. And I want to just you know, bring it back to perhaps my own situation, which is, the, uh, you know, as a CEO of a rental management company, I'm seeing every year that the nature of, of the communications we're getting with our guests while they're on vacation is different. It's, it's changing. And in, to, to some degrees, it's a little bit worrying because we, we have to move to make changes very, very quickly to meet the, these guests' needs and expectations. But what we do, essentially, is we learn from absolutely everything. Every season, we start with an influx of rental guests. Every week, let's say this, this week, we have over 160 families in properties. And there are going to be issues. There already have been issues. But no situation, question, complaint, or issue ever gets filed without us debriefing and analyzing what we can learn from it. And we debrief constantly and always have the question in mind, could this have been avoided? Could this situation have been avoided? Most times it could if we paid a little bit more attention to what the guests were expecting, uh, what their perceptions are, and and how we could have adapted to deal with it before it, it even happened. Because what we want to be, of course, is always one step ahead of the changing nature of this business. So over the last few years, we've, we've, we've just found that, and this, this is a no-brainer, people want more value for their money, but they want it in different ways. You know, they want more than the pretty sunset. I mean, that's great, as is the nice beach for the kids. Um, they want the dishwasher and the washer-dryer and the Wi-Fi and the basic TV, and, and the TV. but they, they still want more. They want the concierge service. They want instant communication with somebody when there's a problem. They want information on what to do in the area because they don't feel they have the time to go and research it for themselves. And I, I remember a few years ago, I, meant, I, I think I, I wrote a, a blog post. And Mike's going to have fun finding this one. It was about creating a, a rainy day book for uh, for your guests and and it was about find, you know, thinking about all the things that guests could do if the weather was bad and they couldn't go out on the beach and they they couldn't go for a walk and I had a I had a comment on that blog post I'm not sure if it's it, it's still there it may or may not be but I had a comment from from a, an owner who said 
why should we be responsible for helping guests decide, you know, helping them find out what to do? Why, you know, this is, this is something they should be doing for themselves. And even then, I thought that, that that particular owner just didn't get it. She didn't understand what the concept of hospitality was and what uh, being a host was, was all about. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting that that person is no longer uh, a vacation rental owner. You know, coming back on this, every time your guests feel something negative about your property, it's going to impact, firstly, whether they come back to it, whether they'll be a repeat guest. It'll impact whether, how, they, how they review it, which is really, really important to us, of course. And they're going to share it with their social network. So it's going to impact how it's shared with their friends as well. So it really is worthwhile learning from the things that happen and making sure we do it right the next time. So I'm going to touch on three separate um, areas here. One is damage and breakages. And, th and that, that's because that's, uh, that issue constitutes a, a good proportion of the complaints and uh, problems that guests and owners report. And how those are dealt with is just really, really important in, in terms of our adaptation to the changing marketplace and what people's expectations actually are. We're going to talk about cleanliness and order. And that may seem a little bit, uh, little bit odd when we're talking about adaptation. But in fact, we, in, in terms of providing the cleanest property, the most pristine property, we do have to adapt ourselves and we have to help our cleaning teams adapt too to what these new expectations are. And then finally, I want to um, touch on communication and how we actually manage the expectations uh, by communicating with our guests. And of course, that communication is made even more difficult now by the, the major listing sites in, in certain areas not allowing us to actually communicate with our guests before they book. Then, they, then we find that they booked and what their perception of the property is, is not the reality of it. And we have to then deal with that. So we're going to touch on how we can manage that and how we can adapt to the changing nature of booking when people want to just book and forget. Um, and then we pay for it when they arrive and it's not what they were expecting. So if you're still with me, I'm going to talk. We've had a ton of damage breakage issues in the past few weeks and I I don't know whether it's more than normal um, and I'm going to touch on one issue that's that, that we all have to consider uh, in, a, in a few moments but let's just simply talk about what happens when a guest breaks something I mean we, I'm not talking about the minor stuff here the minor glasses uh, wine glasses plates um, other small breakable items. This is, is going to happen. Um, something we always say to new owners when they start out um, with us is, and, and the, we often get this question, you know, how, how do you, you know, what, what happens if they break something of mine? And my answer usually is, 
if there's anything in the property that you value so much that you'd be really upset if it was broken, then take it out. This doesn't mean leaving this sterile property with with no with nothing around that could could be broken, you know, no nice vases, no no glass salad bowls. Of course it doesn't, but it means equipping the property with items that don't have sentimental value. That if they break, okay, it was a $30 salad bowl, we'll go replace it. It's not a big issue. So what I'm talking here in terms of damage and breakage is not so much that. It's it's more the larger items, and we've had a lot of those recently. Well, let's start with the smaller ones. Toilet seats. We have had far more toilet seats breaking and cracking in the last couple of weeks than we've had in years. And it was a sort of a trend that happened a, a year or so ago, and it seems to have grown. Um but it's, see, it's got to the point with, in my property, I always keep a spare toilet seat uh, in our housekeeper's cupboard. So if she goes to the property and she finds that the toilet seat is cracked or broken, she can just replace it. We might get one a season. But I remember years ago, you'd never think that, you know, gosh, I'll, I'll keep a spare toilet seat on hand just in case. The other thing that's been happening recently, and I, you know, it's been over the years, because in in my experience with seven properties over the past ten years, we've had five beds break. Um, these are what well, one was a total collapse, and and the others have simply been um, the, the frames have just cracked and split, and we've had to have them reinforced. We've had to adapt to the fact, and, and I'm going to tread on sensitive ground here, but it is a fact that people are getting larger. They are weighing more. And they're breaking beds. They're breaking beds. They're breaking furniture. They're ba breaking patio chairs. And we could get all upset about it, as one owner did recently with me. She was extremely upset because um, her guests had arrived at the property and within the first hour of them being there, they'd called to say that the bed had broken. And she was out of the province. She wasn't able to go fix it. Her caretaker um, went up a couple of days later, by which time the guests had been able to shore up the uh, the bed frame um, with some with some wood they'd found in the area, so that was that until later in the week when they called again to say the bed had entirely collapsed. So the owner is is very unhappy, telling me that these guests have broken her bed not once but twice, and and she wants them to pay for a new one. So so this this took us to. To a different place, really, um, particularly when she started to tell me that she had been to the property on changeover and she said, I met the guests and I know how they broke the bed. And I didn't we didn't have to go much further for me to understand what she was saying. Um, my response was, yes, you need to buy a more sturdy bed. Um, 
perhaps it would be a good idea, which is something I'm doing with my beds in my property, is to change all the beds to steel frames. So they're reinforced. You know, it's, it's a simple fact of life that people are, they, they weigh more than they did 20 years ago. And do you know the reason why beds get broken usually within an hour or so of people arriving at a property? Uh, and I've, I had this, I had an owner ask me this question once before. She said, did they, did they just arrive and then go to bed? And I said, no, what they do, um, I mean, I'm sure everybody's done this. You go into a hotel room and the first thing you do is bounce on the bed, not stand up and, and actually jump up and down on it, but you sit down on it quite heavily so that you can test the mattress. You know, is it, is it hard? Is it, is, it, is it soft? Am I going, to, is this going to be comfortable? You test to see if it's going to squeak. And, uh, and I think this is what people do. They, they, they go in and they, they plop themselves down on the mattress in the corner and a leg breaks. That appears to be what happens. I mean, I, I'm just speculating here. But it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's about adapting. It's about adapting to things that are changing. So one way to adapt is to, to suit the larger demographic is to change all the beds to steel frames. Um, the other thing to do is to reinforce bunk beds. This was something that was said to me by uh, an insurance broker who was talking about um, weight limits on upper bunk beds. And if you've got a, a set of bunk beds, you, pro you may have a little brass tag on it that says that the bunk is limited to maybe 100 pounds. Now, children are growing in size as well. So is it enough to have this little brass, um, brass sticker that says the weight limit is 100 pounds? And he said, no. He said, you know, just reinforce an upper bunk bed. Because most upper bunk beds just have, you know, it's, it's flimsy. It's flimsy. Um, planks across or or a little bit of plywood and, and a mattress on top of that and they really do not support they really don't support more than a hundred pounds and the thought of a bunk bed an upper bunk bed collapsing and falling down onto somebody in the lower bunk bed in the middle of the night is is just uh yeah it's just not worth thinking about so just go if you've got upper bunk beds reinforce them Think about the weight that may be going into that upper bunk bed. I am sure you say, if you've got bunk beds, that they're not suitable for adults. But it really is important to stress that to your adult guests, that they mustn't use those upper bunk beds. So let's move on to patio furniture. Patio chairs are rated to around £250 at best. Um, I, I'm sure they will, they, they will hold more than that. But that's if somebody's just going to sit in them and not move about a lot. But, you know, people don't. They, they will drop themselves into a chair, lean back on the legs. And before you know it, the, the seat, you know, if it's fabric, the seam has split. Or, or if it's a, an older wooden chair, it's not unknown for these just to completely collapse. So really, really worthwhile taking a look at all your outdoor furniture is is it adapted? Are you adapted to this changing nature 
of your demographic. So where damage and breakage is occurred, it's always worthwhile knowing what your tolerance levels are before you just leap at uh, wanting to claim on a damage deposit. In, in all the years I've been doing this, and I've, you know, it's something I've repeated many, many times, we rarely, rarely have ever claimed on a damage deposit. I think twice in the course of 12 years of rental in all those properties, we've claimed twice. One was for for burn marks on on a deck uh, where, where guests had used um, illegal fireworks. And and the other was a hot tub cover that uh, that we had evidence that, uh, that that children had just vandalized it. Um, evidence from neighbors and and we i i went hard on on that particular family to get the money back to replace the hot tub cover but apart from that i have very very high tolerance and this is this has become more so as as we adapt to the new rental guests coming this is not to say that i tolerate any sort of wanton wanton damage but accidental damage Accidents happen, and I, I don't want to be coming down hard on on a guest because a patio chair has broken, or a toilet seat has cracked, or even um, a bed frame has uh, has collapsed. I would actually look at it in a very different way and say, well, how can I adapt? How can I adapt what I'm doing now to ensure that this doesn't happen again? So I strengthen my beds. I keep spare toilet seats on hand. I, I don't buy cheap. And the incidence of these things is going to get less and less. And at the same time, my guests come back over and over again. So there, you can almost hear me getting back on my, uh, my soapbox uh, on this. I'm not going to touch on the subject of, of damaged deposits. You know I've never... Um, I've never taken money for a damaged deposit in all the years we have been renting properties. Um, if somebody does damage that I'm going to claim for, then they know they get, will get charged for it after the case. And I trust that I'm choosing the guests from my property that are going to pay for those things. Um, and in, in all those times, you know, if I've been collecting a damaged deposit, I'm thinking about all... The, how much it would have cost me to send back that damaged deposit after every single rental. But, uh, you know, that is my opinion. I know it doesn't meet with anybody else's. And I fully accept that every time we go to a, to a property, we're going to pay a damaged deposit and we're going to get it back afterwards. And, uh, yeah, I don't make more comments. Okay, secondly, let's let's just talk about cleanliness and order because this this is an other area where where we we need to adapt and make changes and understand that that guests who used to be more tolerant and accepting of vacation rentals as perhaps not needing to be as 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 pristinely clean as maybe a, a hotel room or a resort um, that that now we have to meet those same standards. We have no choice. We have to meet those standards of cleanliness and, and order because this is what our guests are expecting. 
and and if we fail to meet those they are our guests are going to be vocal in in their condemnation of the fact that the place that they they've just spent a lot of money on is not in the clean and orderly state they expect it to be some of the comments we've had recently from some properties um may may seem very niggly to you uh one was recently the cutlery drawer was a mess and the guest said she emptied out the um it was a utensil drawer we all know what those utensil drawers are like i've got one of my own um i do ask my cleaner to look at it every time she's there and to make it orderly before she leaves Uh, but i know it's not always the case and maybe she doesn't always do it uh so so i'm at fault for for sure on that one but this uh this this guest said she found the utensil drawer to be offensive so she emptied it out she washed everything she laid kitchen towel down on the on the on the drawer surface and put everything back and then she asked for a refund for the time she had spent doing this this is not an isolated case we've had uh comments on um games uh, board games being jumbled up um jigsaw pieces missing all these things i you know i remember going to vacation rentals back in cornwall many many years ago 20 odd years ago and and we'd get out the old jigsaws and you knew there were going to be half a dozen pieces missing i mean i i would no, no never expect a um a, an owner to complete the jigsaw you know complete their own jigsaws just to ensure that all the pieces are there but we have had complaints that there were pieces missing from jigsaws um we've had complaints that the that the previous guests who'd used the the game of monopoly had jumbled all the money up i'm not sure where we go from here and i'll be i'll be looking for um suggestions please let me know um if you have any ideas of how to uh, how to rectify that how to adapt to to meet those very very specific uh complaints um things like things like dvds not in their not not in their covers or being mixed up these are all little things little niggly things that that may not seem important at all but when you have a guest that is what we call in bad weather nitpicking around a property they will pick up on all these little things now hotels and resorts have lots of staff they've got lots of cleaning staff and they work in general to a prescribed plan of action they 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 know when they go into a hotel room that they do things in an in a sequence they do it all sequentially they maybe strip off the beds they then um do the bathroom they do this they do that they do the the um, the coffee making stuff but everything is in a sequential um order so that nothing gets missed and i know this when i you know i hear my i hear from owners sometime oh my cleaner must have forgotten to check the barbecue or she must have missed that there was some broken and therefore now missing glasses so it it was it's clear to me that those owners have not given their uh their cleaners a checklist to follow this is where the properly app 
comes into its own. If you haven't checked out um, getproperly.com and checked out uh, Alex and Tammy's Properly app, now is the time to go do it. I'll, of course, put a link on the show notes. But this is the perfect app to get around uh, as, as adapting to the higher expectations of our guests. Because if we set everything up on the Properly app, your cleaner's not going to miss anything. You can actually take a photograph of, of the, the games, of your board games, with an arrow pointing to them and just say, check the dice are in each game. And then they have to tick uh, on the app. They have to, to make a tick on the app to show they have done it. And that gets um, broadcast back to you. I'm not going to spend much more any more time talking about the Properly app, but it's something that I'm implementing with my cleaning staff at the moment, and it's working really, really well. And we haven't had a cleaning issue for weeks. And one of the, one of you know, I mentioned barbecues. This is one of the higher level of complaints that that we get from some of our cottages is that the barbecues are not clean enough or there are tools missing or the propane has uh, there is no propane in the tank but with the properly app we can actually direct the cleaning team to the barbecue and give them a sequence of things to do so that they they as they arrive they turn the barbecue on so they can give it a that they can burn off uh, all the residual food then they check that all the utensils are there then they check the propane and they don't go on to anything else until they've done those three things um it just seems so simple and we we used to have this in a checklist but checklists get forgotten but when it's with with the properly app the as the cleaner is going through the property, she has to check that each of these things have, has been done in that order. So I highly recommend that. So that's, that's really about uh, adapting to higher expectations. So now I want to move on to the communication with guests and how we manage those, those higher expectations. So I had an email from a guest at a property this last week and there there had been an issue with um, a DVD player not working. And the guest had called the owner at 10.30 at night asking for somebody to come and fix it. Now, I have to give you a little bit of background on this because this property is located about 15 kilometers down a dirt track. It's it's a beautiful little place on a gorgeous gorgeous lake. But it 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 takes some time to get to it and that's from the nearest paved road. Beyond that there's another 15 kilometers to get to a town. The owner lives about 4 hours from the property. The caretaker lives um, about an hour and a half from the property. Yet this guest wanted somebody to come there and then to fix the DVD and was very unhappy when they were told that no, nobody's going to go out there at 10.30 at night 
and take them a new DVD player. And in the email I got from the guest, she'd said, if this was a hotel, we could just call down to the front desk and someone would be straight up to deal with it. Yeah, there was a silence in our office. There was definitely a silence in our office. And, and then somebody said, but well, we're not a hotel. Well, of course, we know that. We know that. But the guests we have got that are coming to our properties now have different expectations. And we have to manage them up front. We have, a, have to adapt to these changing perceptions of, of what service we can offer and what service they expect. Um, you know, it, it could be that your property is in the sort of place that has an on-site concierge or a property management who can whip down to a place in less than 30 minutes and change a light bulb. And, and that's all well and good. But if you don't, or, or whatever situation you're in, you have to set the expectations. So this is something, and it's, it's really interesting because in, in the 14 years I've, I've been in this property management business, it's the first time I've really had to step back and think, okay, we really have to lay this out to guests what you should expect if something goes wrong. And we are now including this. We're, we're in, we we send, send out a general information package before our guests go, and it, it's all about cottage country. It's about what to expect, and we've had things like, we put in there things like the wildlife. You know, you might come across a bear, there'll be skunks. Keep your dogs under control so they don't get skunked. Um, don't put your garbage out because the raccoons will get it and there'll be mosquitoes and, and this and that and things that we've always thought are important to them when they go to cottage country. And something else we tell them is that the acoustics on a lake can be such that if you have a domestic argument out on the dock, the entire lake is going to hear it word for word, which can be a little bit embarrassing, you know, when, uh, when, when, when your neighbours come by in the canoe the following morning and they all come by to see if, uh, if, if people are still alive. We are having to change what we tell or, or add to what we tell our guests to, to meet those these these different expectations they have now. So now we, we have a section that says what you need to know if something goes wrong. Instead of just instead of just having contact information, we're now being very, very specific that cottage rental is a little bit different from staying in a hotel. So if a light bulb goes out, you will have to do it yourself. We ask all our owners to provide light bulbs and let their guests know where they can find the replacements. Um, we have to tell them that if if the and this is this is a, a another call we had. If you can't figure out how the microwave's going to work, you don't call at midnight. You look for the microwave instructions. So we've asked all our owners to provide their guests with instructions on how to use all their appliances, even if even if it seems like it, 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 it's so simple to use. 
a couple of years ago, Christmas, and I, I may have mentioned this before in a previous episode, I had, uh, I had a, a, a group of younger people, millennials, in my cottage for, uh, may have been Christmas, may have been New Year. And we had a call uh, at 11 o'clock uh, one night to say that one of the group was stuck in the shower and she couldn't get out because the water had stopped running. Well, we include in our welcome book at that cottage uh, a note to say that the water runs on a well. And if too much water is used at the same time for, say, you know, if, if, if a couple of showers are going and the dishwasher's running and the washer-dryer's going, then the water may stop running. Uh, there's a limiter that kicks in, stops the water as the well replenishes, stops the, uh, the well running completely dry. And this is what has happened. Apparently, um, both showers were going. Um, they, they obviously were doing laundry. And they're obviously washing up their dishes and maybe running water as well for, for some other purposes. And the water had stopped and this lady was stuck in the shower. She, she, she was covered in, uh, in soap and we had the call to say she could not get out of the shower because she couldn't rinse. And we were just, we were aghast at this. Well, we didn't know what we should do. How, how can we help you? Well, send somebody down here right now to get this water back on. And that wasn't going to be possible at 11.30 at, uh, at night. And so we, we gave what we thought was a reasonable suggestion, which was to um, send some of her friends out to the hot tub with some bowls and, and get some water from the hot tub and bring it in. And then she could use that to rinse off and come in out of the shower. No, that wasn't going to work because there were chemicals in the water of the hot tub and she just got out of the hot tub and into the shower to wash off those chemicals so now she'd be putting chemicals back on her body by that time we'd we had it you know where'd you go from there and we simply said i'm so sorry why don't you just wrap yourself up in a towel and in 20 minutes or so and it's only about 15 20 minutes the water will come back up and um uh, and it will start running again and and that was uh, you know they they did she did accept that because apparently there was nothing else we could do. And did we ever hear about it afterwards? They wanted a refund for the um, indignity of ha being stuck naked in a shower covered in soap with no water. So there we are. I think we'll we'll be including what you need to know if the water goes out, if the water stops running and you are stuck in the shower and can't get out. But I'm still not sure what the answer might be beyond just wrap yourself up in a towel and suck it. Unfortunately, that phrase gets used a lot around here, but uh, it's it's always in the confines of our office. But, you know, so, so yeah, we've, inc we've included this section, what you need to know if something goes wrong, and, and included a couple of examples. We've also said, please respect um, the owner and caretaker's time and don't call after 7 p.m. unless it is an emergency. I hesitated to, you know, we, we don't say, and the emergency isn't, we can't find the hairdryer, but you never know. And then we, we also have sections on what to do if the power goes out. So we're really trying to cover every eventuality because in adapting 
to the needs of this new demographic, we're understanding that they are not as self-reliant as, as they used to be. And also, we're reacting to the perception that a vacation rental is a hotel room but bigger. So we just need to, to educate our guests well, well in advance so that they, they know what is going to happen in case of something going wrong. The, the last thing really is it's, it's all about communication. In adapting to any change, communication and creating relationships is, is the key. If you know who your guests are before they go in, if you've talked to them, if you've heard their, their fears, if you've heard their, their, their needs and wants, then you have such a greater idea of how you can help them out if something actually does go wrong. And you can adapt what you're doing to suit those particular guests. So back to Pokemon. Back to Pokemon Go. I really think I'm going to have to go and, and check this out, although it hasn't come to Canada yet. So maybe, that's, maybe that is a good thing. Um, I'm really, really interested in how... We as vacation rental owners can get in on this and and make it worthwhile for us. You know, I, I know we did this with geocaching. You know, geocaching was a craze at one time. Um, it was before sort of the advent of um, you know people were wandering around with GPS, uh, with handheld GPSs, um, which is not dissimilar from what they're doing today with the Pokemon Go. But they were really out in the country. They were wandering around with these GPSs looking for these little treasure troves um, that they could log. And it, it was in, in some areas where there were a lot of geocaches, we were able to promote some of our properties as, as being great for geocaching, um, you know, sort of geocaching, geocaching central locations. So it will, I, you know, I'd love to hear from those of you who are perhaps in urban areas, if you know how you're going to adapt to capture this new Pokemon Grow, uh, Pokemon Go craze, you know, are you doing something already? Are you um, are you looking into it? Have you done it? Is it something that perhaps you could go to your tourism board and see what their marketing campaigns are about, and uh, maybe cash in on that? So. On that note, I'm going to wrap this one up because you've probably had enough of my voice by now. I'll be, I'll be on my way. Really just to, to summarize, when Matt Landau gave his keynote address at the Vacation Rental Success Summit, which was about innovation being rooted in the independence, what he was, what he was saying is that we're out there doing this stuff. We are adapting. We're making changes. We're, we're, we, are, we are meeting the needs of our guests better than anybody else can because we have that ability to adapt. If you haven't seen Matt's keynote address, it is on the video collection from the Vacation Rental Success Summit. Uh, go to the show notes. I'll put a link to that. It really is worthwhile looking at that. And then, of course, if you buy the, buy the complete collection, you have 
all the keynotes from the um, from the Vacation Rental Success Summit plus the 12 workshops. So it's a really good value package. And that's about it for this week. I am ooh, heading for the water. It's, uh, it's a very hot day. I'm going to head out to the water, take a nice, nice dip, maybe get out on that paddleboard and see if I can fight my way through all the other paddleboarders out there and, uh, and get out into the open lake. That would be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being with me again this week. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and I will be with you again very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.